Nice. Nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! We are back. We got a bit of we got a bit of a of a scenario going on here. You guys are the reason right now that this podcast is being recorded. We're on episode 18. We took a break for the summer because as you guys can tell, we went full quality when we started up this podcast. We started a separate channel. We had literally a crew behind it making it all happen and honestly it was pretty expensive. And we are clearly a winter channel. So just to not lose all the finances in the summer and be able to plot and get things dialed in for this fall and for this winter so we can come back in 100% with weekly videos. We just took a break. We dialed everything in. And I literally got to bring up two comments right here that I read on the You Love to Hear It channel in the comment section a couple days ago, maybe two days ago. And these two comments are literally the reason why I'm sitting here recording right now. The first one was, what's going on with the podcast? More episodes coming soon. I appreciate you and the content you made. Keep doing you, dog. So a little bit of motivation, you know, like we know that people want it. And when you have people that are supporting, it like makes it seem like what you're doing, like it makes you want to put more effort in. But then this one I read literally either yesterday or the day before. There's a comment from from Bradley and he said, boys, we need the pod. Just send them. We don't need guests. Just Casey and Jamal, bad quality, wandering convo, old East Coast shred stories, Casey's behind the scenes, raw talk. That's what we want. And I am just such, I'm the definition of trying to tell people like, don't, don't go for quality over getting something done. If, if quality is the reason that you're not getting it done, the quality will come with the output. When you just start hammering down and doing the work, the, you're going to get better at it in the long run. When I first started the vlog, I was filming with my iPhone, Jamal's iPhone, and like maybe a, a GoPro 4 every now and then if we were in the water. I didn't have a filmer on the beach. We didn't have anything. We were just starting off documenting. And there's just so many errors that you need to make. There's so many mistakes you need to make. So many losses that you need to go through, which people literally claim as losses, but they're just, they're, they're, they're learning examples. They're things that happen in your life that are going to make you grow and get better. And for us or for me, I already have a huge following over a hundred thousand snowboarders that are trying to hear about snowboarding related topics. So when we started up the podcast, this last winter, which was like episode, I think eight or nine, I think we did like 10 episodes. When we started up the pod, I wanted it to be of a high enough quality to match the other things that I was putting out there because I actually had guaranteed thousands of people that were going to show up and watch it. So if you already have a following and you're going to put something out, I, I would recommend putting out the same type of quality across the board. But if you don't have a big following, then honestly, you're fortunate because I understand you could be a little bit embarrassed putting something out there, but you'll be less embarrassed with less viewers. And if you only have 14 people or even 400 people max watching your stuff, then that's why I'm really adamant about just pressing record on your iPhone, press record on any camera that you have and just film because you're going to edit it and you're going to see what you did wrong. And one of my favorite things is that you're going to be able to go back. And if you go back to episode one of the, you love to hear it podcast, it's me sitting in a van by myself, surrounded with too much gear, barely wide enough to open up my shoulders and relax. And it was called the van cast. And it's literally just me 
rambling on for an hour in my car, just trying to give you guys updates of what's going on. And people were stoking on it. And to see the evolution in something that you're doing and to have the expectations of obvious growth and success in the future, I feel like there's something that's just so incredible that you can't buy that is being able to go back and look at the foundations of when you started and use that as motivation for yourself, but also to other people to show like, hey, look, this is what maybe Andy Frisella's first podcast looked like 14 years ago. Like you look at the bomb hole, they were in a garage, like all these things, everybody who's ever done anything successful has always started off super humble. And the only way that you're going to start off at the top with like crazy production level is if you've already built something on another platform. So super grateful for you guys for breaking the You Love to Hear It podcast streak because we are back and I'm trying to get this episode out. Hopefully by Monday, we got to give a huge shout out, love, stoke, gratitude to Shredder, aka Petter, aka The Peditor. He is the only reason that this podcast came out last year. And I like to say that a lot. And I also like to combo it with when I say something about someone who helped out and them being the only reason that it happened. Yes, we may have been able to find another route, but that's what happened. And that is the reason that the podcast came out. This homie told me every single thing that I needed, every single thing that I needed to purchase, how to make it as proper and high quality as possible. He does all of, up until right now, he has done every button of pressing record, every pulling of focus, turning on every light, charging everything, the cable, the way the guy wraps up a cable, by the way, you want to keep those type of people around you, but thanks to Petter, show him some love, Shredder on Instagram. The podcast is back. He walked me through the entire run through and I didn't want to do it at first because whenever I filmed my van cast, it was just me pressing record as little steps as possible because I'm still doing so much other stuff and I would just record it. The quality would be whatever, but I would get it out. But the reason that he wanted to take it to the next level is because he's, he's done tours with bands. He's just super electronically and audio and video educated. And, uh, yeah, he, he just took it to the next, to the next level. And dude, here's the breakdown, right? Jamal, the reason he's not here right now is one, because of the comment that I showed you guys of you just, you need to get it done. You need to press record. And I am, I'm basically the living exemplification of that. And I wasn't filming. So I was leading this into trying to get this video done by the coming Monday so we can do every single Monday. And then that'll lead into November. When November starts, we're going to try to have every single Monday for the rest of the season. We're going to have guests and stuff, but we're also just going to have me and Jamal talking. We're going to make sure that this thing comes out no matter what, because there's so much information. There's so much stoke around this. And honestly, it's, it's not only something I've wanted to do for a long time, but it's something Jamal really wanted to do for a long time. And to give a breakdown of why he's not here right now and why it actually is kind of so difficult is because my man's has multiple children already existing and has another child inbound any day now. And I could not imagine what life is like with kids, wife, fiance, new children coming, firefighter, 24-hour schedule. I honestly, I've been, we've been coordinating his schedule and I still don't even know what it is a year later. Guy works ungodly amounts, saving humans, creating humans, and I'm going to try to get over to Vermont, film some podcasts in person with him. But right now we just needed to get this one out ASAP because I'm really excited to get into what we got going on here. I got a lot of comments of you guys that are either stoking 
or a lot of comments of people who aren't stoking. And I really want to break down those ones. So we're going to, we're going to jump into this right now with a clip that Jamal sent me. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pretty sure he's just frothing on the boys and sending you guys some love. So here we go. Yo, what up to all my wild THI fam. Uh, first off, I miss you guys so much. Uh, the love that we were getting throughout the whole winter last year on the podcast was awesome. Uh, we had to take a little hiatus for like a multitude of reasons that I'm sure you'll hear all about when we come back for this winter. Um, I'm not with C-Dub on this episode, but uh, I can't wait to see all you guys again soon. So C-Dub, here's a question for you. Question is, do you have any major goals? And I'm talking through the season goals for this year of snowboarding. Uh, I know last year we had the ankle injury. I think that was last year. Had the ankle injury. We came back from that. And then uh, from there... Do you have anything that you still got to like knock off your snowboard bucket list? Are there tricks that you want to get back dialed? Are there tricks that you've just been wanting to do and or parts you've been wanting to put out, get in the streets? Let me know what the plan for C-Dubs season in Park City this year is. I'm sure you'll be doing lots of traveling. So if you can answer that for me, great. And uh, I love all you guys. I'll see you soon. Peace. That's my guy. All right. So much to dwell into there. <laughs> um the the first thing that comes to mind is any tricks you want to relearn actually even before that he said i think it was last year with the ankle i love how i've i've put so much work into the comeback that people don't even know how long ago it was because it seems like i've been back for so long but the relearning of tricks instantly i was like i didn't lose anything but if you guys saw the hard way off the toe gap to the dfd down front 450 like lip slide pull back to regular i would like to either redo that on the same rail on the East coast or take that to a different feature. So I would love to bring that one back as for like my progress, filming parts, all that type of stuff. Really? I'm like, I feel like I got, I got so stoked on surfing over the summer. And when I surf, I don't have the biggest like community following like in-person people freaking out. So there's been a lack of like stoke across the board with, with the vlog and with like, you know, being an influencer, like actually influencing people to get out there and get stoked. And when I step back onto the mountains or into the mountain, like areas, seeing people freak out. And like, when I start putting snowboard content out again, like seeing the views and seeing the comments, like people get so stoked up. So I feel like I'm just, my main focus this year is going to be on spreading stoke and trying to build the brand up bigger. And this is kind of like a multi-layer thing where I was explaining to somebody recently about how I'm in such a debacle because my whole foundation of life and everything that I do and everything that I preach is all about like being humble, living in your car, spending as, as little amount of money as you possibly can doing favors in exchange for people so that, you know, if you give something to somebody, they give something back to you. And it's not all about like material living and all that. But at the same time, if I want to take things to the next level, like my goals are to be able to buy 10 people, 10 season passes through maybe a program that I built that's like all about giving back to underprivileged or, or, or people like youth that just needs help in, in areas maybe, maybe they can't afford. And to do that, you need money. So I'm like, the life that I'm trying to live, like at any point in time, if I'm not trying to help people and put out content and get stoked and like share my message and like make the world a better place, I can just disappear to Nicaragua off the grid, get barreled, get stoked. And uh, my mental health style, like I love all that, but like one of the biggest things for my life is I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to help people grow. I'm trying to help people get stoked. And 
seeing all the messages from you guys just lets me know that the th information that I put out there is huge and so many people are bending benefiting from it, which you will see in these comments here. So to wrap the whole thing up is like, I, I feel like I just want to kind of build the business and the brand a little bit bigger so I can actually get some money to not be like struggling so that I can literally give that money back to people. I was saying in a vlog recently, I want to do some type of philanthropy thing where I can consistently hold like a, a I hate the word GoFundMe, but some type of fundraising thing that people can always look at it's open to the public and there's like say somebody who needs help underneath it explaining their cause and like every week we kind of have a goal and if we can get a couple whatever it might be a couple hundred bucks a couple hundred a couple thousand bucks but helping somebody achieve something that they can't like even if they're putting the work make there be a place where you can input your story and and what exactly you're dealing with what type of hard times you're going through and we can pick through as a community and be like dude this person needs help or like maybe some rider who's on the come up who's like crushing it super hard but doesn't have enough budget to get somewhere like getting people snowboards getting people on hill getting people passes getting people like help with their medical bills all types of stuff like that and like that's what i'm really trying to do so up until this season currently right now, my whole goal has just been like Jamal said, new tricks, full parts, scoring the best pal that I possibly can. But I feel like this season, my biggest goals are to, to plan, to get a little bit of structure, to let people know a week beforehand that here's the next three weeks of the Narvi tour. These are the stops that we're going to be at guaranteed. And I got a lot of help behind the scenes right now from people who are helping me structure that stuff so that I can keep continuing editing, putting out the videos and helping you guys with tutorials and trick tips and stuff like that, but still be able to structure some stoke so that we can have bigger turnout so that we can just spread so much more love and just build the snowboarding community more than anything. So epic question, Jamal. I appreciate you, bro. And all the boys are missing you right now, <clears throat> but I would like to jump into basically we got some comments here. I got a big folder of comments. Some of them are, they don't really need a response. I'm just like, sharing with you guys the gratitude that I have when you when you send me these type of messages because a lot of people hit me up and they say like what keeps you motivated and when you have people hitting you up like this constantly sending you love this is my motivation it's you guys so we're just going to uh we're going to dive into this thing right here right now oof the first one we got we got Eddie he's claiming Casey you don't know me but my name's Eddie. I work as a snowmaker up at Telluride in Colorado. And honestly, I haven't been watching you as much lately, but when I do, it inspires me. Maybe, or lately I've been in a rut. Maybe it's because I'm still young at 21, but I think it's a lot to do with myself. Somehow I understand that I should be thankful for what I have, being in the mountains and doing what I do. But I also strive for more, mainly because... A lot of the people I know just get drunk and go out and I feel like they don't aspire to be the best that they can. So what I'm trying to ask is how do you keep inspiring yourself in a way that makes you want to be better and how can I apply that to my own situation and how do you push yourself every day even if times have been rough? Oh, that's such a good one. There's, there's two layers of that, which the first one is the people that you surround yourself with. It's super hard when you grow up with people and you're really good friends with them, but your goals in life are just different. I always like to make sure that I stress that it's okay for some people to do certain things 
if some people we consider like what they're doing lazy, that's just their route and that's just what they want to do. And that's fine. I don't try to take that away from people, but when there's someone like yourself that sees more, that has that vision, that feels it, that wants to do it, you got to act on that. And it's super tough to get away from those people, but sometimes you just got to man up and you got to do gnarly stuff. You got to move out of the place that you're with, with those people. If you're living with them, they always say that you are the accumulation of like your four or five best friends. So when people don't know how to make friends at the mountain or they don't know how to like steer clear of that energy, I want to say that you got to just for the first couple of times, man up and go and do something or go somewhere that you want to by yourself, because all of the people that are like-minded are all doing that. And there's going to be a lot of people there with the same mindset as you that are looking for homies that are looking for people that feel the same way. And through things like my discord or just basically going to the mountain, I want to say that that is the best way that you can ever get something done. You put yourself in that area and you force it on yourself. And then when you're in those new areas, it's just, everything is so bliss, the fresh mountain air, like waking up next to a river in your car, whatever, whatever you want to do when you're actually doing it, you're going to surround those people. You're going to surround yourself with those people. You're going to be surrounded by them and you're going to attract more like-minded people like that into your life. So here we go. Oh boy. I'm frothing right now, dude. There's so many good ones. The next one we got. I gotta kinda kinda pivot this a little bit here. So I can see it. All right, there we go. All right. Shao Den Lucas. Man, I just stumbled upon this channel and I'm mildly irritated by the incredibly low number of views on these videos, mixed with the absolute crazy amount of videos published and the hard editing work. Just insane. I just watched a couple of videos and even the storytelling was pretty impressive. I hope someday it really blows up and pays off. And that was like during the late Mentawai video section, which I understand the surfing scenario because I have a lot of snowboard followers and then you put out different content. The views are not going to be the same, but also I learned that if I go to somewhere, anywhere, whether it's Japan and snowboarding or surfing in the Mentawai's. People usually get stoked for the first like week or 10 days. And then at the end of that week or that 10 days, even if the videos are still epic, they kind of all blend together and people don't know the difference between like being in Japan or being in the mentalize or if it's a new video or whatnot. So I would say that first of all, I appreciate that. Um, but number two, it's, it's just something with the grind. I'm down to put in hundreds and hundreds of surf videos and take the same amount of time to build the following as I did with my snowboarding channel. Um, then we got Andy Lou coming through. Hey bro, just discovered your content. I want to say you kind of surprised me in a good way. First impression, thought you were another Insta TikTok snow bum throwing down steez for likes, but I had your podcast episodes on casually in the background a bit and ended up tuning in and really enjoying them. You're actually super well-spoken with a lot of great insights, not just in snow, but life in general. And that's not something one easily comes across. Keep up the good content and spreading the good message. You're one of the real ones, dude. That's what I'm saying. That's what keeps me motivated which leads right into this one of this homie stoking on surfing right here. He goes, Casey just wanted to say thank you for being such an inspiration. Started watching you four years ago and living through your videos, dreaming of snowboarding. A year later, I got into skateboarding as a way to fill the void of no mountains in STL, St. Louis. A year after that, I planned a Colorado trip to snowboard with some buddies, bought my own gear next season. I hit up my small Next season, I hit up my small local resort to hone the skills and support the local stoke, all this. And I told myself, surfing ain't for me. I'm not a water guy. A year later, here I am in Hawaii learning to surf with some stoked out locals. You've truly opened my life to literally 
literally diving in and learning to let others spread their stoke to me. And I can only hope I can pass it on to others. You, your boss, you and your crew are life, life changers. Thank you, Richard, dude. That's like, that's the reason that we're filming this episode right now, bro. And, um, a lot of, a lot of good ones right now. Casey from fat, from fatsus. I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate coming across your channel. Recently, I went through quite a bad phase where a few things happened that made my attitude toward myself really negative and your content made me rekindle my love for snowboarding and in the process completely changed the way I view both myself and those around me. So big thanks for getting me stoked on snowboarding again and even bigger thanks for changing my life for the better. Your content is truly special because it's not just about snowboarding. It's about spreading positivity, which can literally be life-saving for so many people. I just wanted to share this message with you in order to send the positivity that I received from you right back. Big thanks and greetings from Greece. And I want to touch on that real quick because as he said, he was going into a, uh, a negative spiral of attitude towards himself. And then once he rekindled his love for snowboarding in the process, he rekindled his love for himself. And that just goes to show that so many people who are depressed or just in, in a rut or, or upset or just in this weird funk it's usually related to you not doing what you know you should be doing. The human body has natural hormones and, and feelings that aren't random. They release when you're not doing something right so that it makes you feel in an uncomfortable thing that you don't want to feel and then you change what you're doing to get those serotonin. That's why when you go to the gym, your body gives you a natural high so that you feel good. And if you get addicted to that, then you do it, then you, you know, your life is going to be better when you just get into those weird ruts where you're not doing what you know you should be doing. You're not going to the gym. You're not hanging out with your friends. You're not like getting outside. You're not getting light in the eyes. You're not being active. You're not eating right. Your body sends these natural signals to you to let you know, like, buddy, you're fucking up. These are the early phases. You can change this and you can feel better. And that's, that's proof. That's proof right there. I hate this app. Claiming Casey, I always wanted to learn how to ride, but I grew up poor, so I never could, which is not true. This season, I got a job at Northstar, finally got to live the dream, camped in my truck and worked at the resort and had the time of my life, probably still poor. Going into it, I was a bit unsure of how things would work out, but I watched one of your videos and you said to just go broke and you'll figure it out. Laugh out loud. Hearing you say that made me feel like everything was going to be okay, and it was. Thanks for the confidence boost, bro. And we're going to get into a lot of that here shortly on when I start to break out the comments of a post that I recently made about housing and getting a free season pass. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw that on my Instagram. It went massively viral, hundreds of thousands of views, hundreds of comments, and a lot of negativity popped in of people that seemed like maybe they didn't accomplish something that they thought they should have, or they let their dreams just like slip out from their fingertips. And we're going to share some serious insight on kind of debating and showing more information than what I just shared in that single post. Then we got, here we go. We got Vander just sent a video of him ripping this river wave in Montreal, claiming that thanks for the stoke out here shredding this river wave because of you. And then Barnes, Ian Barney was just thinking about you this weekend because I went surfing for the first time. He's saying an absolute dream of mine. And I got to do it completely overstoking with my best friends reminded me of you love to hear it. And then here we go. We're going to, we're going to dive into a, dive into a little longer one here. I got this comment a while ago, somebody who's just literally 
probably watched my channel for the first time, doesn't really know what's going on, maybe has a regular job and doesn't understand like the new era of how much work it takes in to become either a content creator or following your dreams of snowboarding all the time or any type of new aged thing. And uh, he said, I appreciate what you're trying to say about being grateful and all, but you must realize how ignorant you sound when you describe working, in quotes, sitting down and editing a video for four to six hours max, max, as such difficult and hard work, especially after a day of doing what we all love. That is very easy life compared to 90% of jobs people work. And I'm going to go ahead and say that. First of all, 90% of jobs that people work are mundane, super easy, and just like gas station attendants, McDonald's employees, just set up jobs, something to get a little bit of money. It's like right out of high school and stuff. So that, that's like 90% of the jobs. I also want to make sure that I don't take away from all of the gnarly jobs. Anybody who's working landscaping, concrete, foundation, just like keeping these roads going, keeping the flights going. I would not be able to do anything. And I don't know anything about that type of stuff. And I am just like praising these scurzies out there that are building and keeping the world going. But those people need some stoke in their lives too. And they need some motivation. And I got a lot of construction workers that watch my videos to break away from that for a minute and to dive into just like a, a quick run through of how long it actually takes to do a day's worth of work. I mean, we, we have to start in the morning. This is one of those things where, where do you even start, right? Because if we're going to start in the morning at, at 6 a.m., then we have to remind ourselves that we're probably up till midnight working. So we sacrificed that eight hours to only get six hours. You barely get an hour of time for yourself in the morning before you're right on the computer handling every single email by yourself. There's 45 minutes to an hour of emails right there. Within those emails, there's all types of things that you need to build, decks, create. You need to learn Photoshop. You need to learn Illustrator to be able to create these things to send to these sponsors to, to handle all the emails. But that's that's something completely separate. Then you log in and you, you got your editing. You have to create a couple small format things, vertical, recrop, do all the posting yourself. Once you make your, your Instagram edits and all that, you got to post them on three, four different socials. This all takes another hour. So you're already two and a half, three hours into your editing from the day before just trying to catch up on stuff. Then you got to start filming something. If I want to go skating, I can't just go skating like everybody that he says loves to go skating. I have to go walk over to the skate park first, set my camera up, press record, go back to my car, then arrive like it's my first time to the skate park, film myself, go by. I actually get to skate less. And the whole time I'm there, I'm thinking in a format of editing a video. And before I even went to the skate park, I opened up my notes. And for 30 minutes, I created a timeline of the video that I want to create that day. So I know that people might think that it's just the editing four to six hours at the end of the day, but we're, we're not even, we're not even close to a quarter of the way through an entire day for me. So after I film my skate part or whatever, most people get to go home, they, they, they eat food on the couch and they just hang out or whatever. And it's, 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 that was their hard work on their day off because they work regularly, but I get home. I got to make my own food just like everybody else. I got to go to the gym. I got to do all that stuff, but now I got to dump the footage. I got to trim through all the footy for about an hour, build the timeline, find the music. If I don't have music, that's another 30 minutes trying to find music. Once I make this edit for my entire day, which went from like noon till probably 6 PM, everybody else is chilling, eating dinner from 6:30 to 9:30, hanging out, scrolling on their Instagram feeds, whatever, probably watching all the work that I'm creating. And from six to 10 or 11, my four to six hour window, which there are videos that I have spent 16 hours on editing until 6 a.m. 
I have to edit that entire thing until 10, 10 30 YouTube. And then the uploading process, the thumbnail, the title, the description, the tags, I do all that on my own. And once all that's posted and it's 10 30, 11 o'clock, I have no short form content. So if I want to set that up for the next day, I need to create folders, recrop stuff, set up to-do lists. I need to plan my day for the next day tomorrow. And from waking up at basically six and being on the clock by eight, it's now 11 PM. I've gotten 70% of the things done that I want to all by myself and I'm exhausted and I'm going to bed at midnight and we're doing the whole thing over again and we're doing it seven days a week. And then here's the catch. The bread is terrible. I'm living in my car. The sponsors that are paying, these aren't like $50,000 budgets. You're getting a couple hundred dollars to barely make it by. But at the end of the day, the reason that I'm so grateful is because I enjoy doing everything that I just said. And it's not backbreaking on me. And I do get to skateboard. I do get to eat the food and I do get to edit my videos and watch this amazing final product and hopefully build myself. But legitimately for four or five years, you have to do this every day, all day, seven days a week with no help and no breaks for almost no money. So just to break that down for the people who come into these videos, see me being grateful, but also kind of like explaining how hard and stressful all the work is. That's just a little subtle breakdown where I probably forgot like 10, 15 things. And that's aside from creating anything else. That's just the vlog. If you want to do a podcast, if you want to do a merch line, if you want to do anything else, it's another couple hours with building designs and talking to a website team and getting your stuff up there and then shipping all the merch out. Like I've literally done it all from finding stickers to shipping stickers, to spreading stoke, to trying to communicate with people, to responding through DMS, to answering all the comments on YouTube, all the comments on Instagram, like I'm only talking about this because I like to explain to people that like, yeah, we're really out here hustling. We're really out here grinding. And if you want to be a famous TikTok influencer or something like that, it is not as easy as you think. It's 10 times harder and you're going to get paid a 10th of what you're going to do if you're, if you're plumbing. But if you don't like plumbing, then your life's going to be spent plumbing and you're going to be chasing money and stacking bread, but thinking, should I be doing something less for money? It's all about measuring like what you're able to do, what you need comfort wise, what are your desires in life? Some people are just trying to make some bread, have a family, be that plumber, be secure and not be like sleeping in the back of their car, shredding every day. But if you want to do that, know that it's out there, but it is so much more work than you would ever imagine. So thank you for that, Thomas. I hope we uh, cleared up some stoke here. I, I asked him to jump on a call, but he didn't seem to want to jump on a call. James was claiming, just wanted to give you guys a huge thanks for what you're doing. Found the podcast through a Facebook reel featuring Scotty B and spent the past week listening to every podcast since number one. I'm not a surfer or a snowboarder and haven't been on a skateboard in 15 years at least, but I love your guys' vibe and perspective on life and I'm absolutely hooked. Thank you for putting in the work and look forward to the next show. Mic drop. Thank you, doggy. Ian Houseworth. Oh, this is a good one. I got a park etiquette right of way question for you. If there's a series of three jumps and I hit the first jump, then just ride over the knuckle of the second jump. Do I still have right away for the third jump or is that forfeited when I don't hit the second one? Love the content. Thanks for all the stoke. Interesting question. And that's why I love this. So if there's a three pack, you're standing at basically the tier, the staging, the drop before the three pack, always look uphill because yours truly might be you right over that knuckle because I don't like to stop. So just give it, give a little heads up, turn around. C-dub's not coming. You drop, drop, mellow him, 
you know, little hand, people know what's going on. You're dropping in, you hit the first one, right? You land it, you kind of get bucked out and landing. It shoots you to the right of the lip of the second one. You're not really feeling good. So you cruise right around it, head back over the shoulder, look uphill. Nobody's hitting it. Nobody's also dropping in from the other knuckle. You always got to be on defense. You never know when Joey's just going to cruise right over and, and he's going to, he's going to combo with you. And it, it's wild. You just got to head on a swivel. And if you maintained your speed and you kind of flowed over that second knuckle and you landed and there's no one landing the second one, you're 100% still have the right of way as long as you cruise in. Just just when you're doing wild out of pocket stuff like that or out of the norm stuff like that, you just all I got to say is head on a swivel. But there's like basically speed drops. If somebody sees you hit that first one, then they then they drop from the staging above. Your timing should be as they're hitting the first one. You're cruising over the second one. You're still good. Your speed for the third one is super ideal. You hit the third one. So no stress there. Then we got Dravens. Um, Hey bro, I just wanted to say, man, I've been having a really hard time in my life lately. I've been running from myself. Haven't been able to find a job for a while. Thought I would be homeless. I got really low in my head and decided to pray to God to give me motivation to keep going. No joke. I woke up this morning and all I could think about was you. I decided to catch up on your videos and instantly got a call back from a place that I applied to. I have an interview tomorrow. That being said, you've always been my number one influence on making myself a better person. I've been watching your vids for probably about nine years now and you never break, man. And I aspire to be like you. Thank you, man. You'll never understand what your videos do for people. You are one of the greatest people to ever live, man. Never stop being you. And like, bro, I appreciate that so much. There's, there's a lot to go into, but, uh, uh, I'm by no means religious whatsoever, but there's times in my life when I will straight up do the same thing, dude, when I really need something, who knows if there's a God who, you know, no one knows nothing, but the act of meditation, mindfulness, intention, awareness, consciousness, all that stuff is measurable. And so no one really knows what's going on, but it's for sure the people that pray whether it's to a God or to universe or just through the law of attraction, it's all measurable. It's all frequencies. And we live in a measurable frequency world where everything that you're sending out, you're attracting back to you. So no joke, dude, I have done so many things like that in my life where you get on a kind of spell where you don't really, you don't really meditate for a while. You don't really think you kind of just like cruising, everything's going good. But when you really need something, taking a step back and putting in that work, like it's literally work to meditate, to try to clear your mind of all those thoughts and all those things and everything that you're doing to allow new things to come in. And you need to like raise your energy. You need to raise your frequency and your vibration to that loving state so that you can accept new loving things into your life. So dude, that's huge right there. And I'm glad you shared that with me, bro, because I've been living that for a while and I read those messages and I get re-inspired to, to go and creative visualize. I literally have a book behind me right here called Creative Visualization that changed my life. That is probably the reason that I'm in the scenario that I'm in right now. Then we got Big Kev. Yo, man, got a snowboarding surf question. Got any tips for an avid, lifelong snowboarder learning surfing? Obviously, there's the whole reading the ocean, paddling, catching the wave aspect that doesn't come with snowboarding. What about when you're finally up on a green wave? Whoo! I would say that learning how to surf as an adult is one of the most difficult things that a human being can try to do. The reason for that is what he said. There's that whole reading of the ocean thing. The paddling and the endurance you could do, you can get strong and you can end up within a couple months being able to paddle for months. But 
putting yourself in the right spot requires you to be able to read the ocean and read these waves and read multiple waves coming together at the same time and anticipating them and putting yourself in the right spot or even the wrong spot, which will end up being the right spot. That's how you get feraled. And there's so much to it. Each place is different. And once you get something dialed or, or you start reading the waves, the tide changes, the wind changes. There's just an infinite amount of variables that will never make surfing actually be like set in stone reading. But you see these pros that can surf anywhere. And that comes from the time in the ocean and being able to read it. But once you're up, holy moly, the front foot, back foot weighted distribution and the stance width of surfing and snowboarding is such a contradiction. Snowboarding is mostly pivoting off the front foot, except for when you're riding pow, you're a lot more back foot and that's what surfing is. But for some reason, we do this standing tall thing from snowboarding for like traversing when you need to gain speed, you kind of go half crouch and you pump up super tall and you extend with your legs, which gives you all that force to keep going. And when you do that in surfing and you're extended like that, you lose all of the, what I call insurance, where if anything happens, if you bounce, if you're off balance, if you, if you get a little, a little jig and it throws you one way, if your legs are straight, you're screwed because you can't compress and you can't counter that. So the number one thing I think first off that you should do is remember to stay low. And then the number two thing that I think you should remember to do is try to keep while you're riding more weight on the front foot so that we don't bog down so hard. But when you're doing the turns, more weight on the back foot leading, if that makes sense. But it all comes down, like you said, homie, to just 10,000 hours in the water so that you can learn how to read the waves. And I feel like that's what leveled me up this summer. I started to get better at reading the waves to put myself in the right spot to then have the ability to do the right maneuver in the right spot where all the power is on the wave. Oh boy, here we go. This dude is a G Griffin hollered said your bomb hole and your pod have been saving me, bro. Been smoking every day for six years. And you finally gave me the courage to stop started writing stuff down and killing every day, man. When you get a taste of how much you can accomplish with a sober head, it's crazy, man. Keep being an inspiration. It helps more people than you can imagine. Also the boys from loon fat pants, mafia dig everything you do. And then he sent me this list of like, just all this epic stuff that he's crushing, dude. And when you write stuff down like that and you journal, that goes back to reinforcing it and reinstating it with the universe and putting it out there, the option or the odds of it coming back to you are gonna be 30, 40, 50% more. It's like the thoughts lead to the actions, the actions lead to the results. And then when you combo that double, that double tier there with thinking about it, acting on it, thinking about it, acting on it, you're each time you think about it, you're thinking about it better because you've acted on, you know what you need to fix with your thoughts. And every time that you're acting on it, you know what you need to do to fix it because you've been thinking about it. Beautiful process. Then we got young Fred coming in here. Casey, I've been feeling confused really. However, just rewatched a video on your channel from March, 2021 on how to make the dream a reality. And now I feel a sense of direction. I'm 19 and have dropped out of college and will be moving to the Alps to pursue my dreams as a snowboard bum this winter and have never been more excited. Always appreciate you, G. You're an inspiration to many. I'm not trying to claim that everybody should be dropping out of college. Thank you for literally making my dream a reality and dropping out of college to be a, a snow bum. But this goes back to what I was saying about if you're in college and you're only doing it because your parents told you or because you thought it was what you wanted to do or you thought that 
or, or you didn't know what to do. That, that's where I was. And I didn't do it because I didn't even know what I want to do and I didn't want to start going into debt. But then there's other people who know exactly what they want to do. They're stoked on being a doctor or they're stoked on becoming something in the future that they're going to need a degree for. And that's super beneficial. And you could definitely get more money. You could definitely get more jobs. But there's also a lot of people that are claiming the opposite where now you get a degree, you spend all this money, the jobs are low paying, the entry jobs are low paying, and nobody wants to put that work in to actually get the raises that they need. And jobs are changing in general and everything's difficult. But if you're in college and you hate it and what you're going to school for, you don't want to do, and your parents are supportive on anything that you want to do, and you somehow come up with a plan of a, of a new life goal, then dude, you don't need to be in college. You're wasting money. You're wasting your time. And it's just, you have to keep the, the, what I always say in the back of your head of like, we're not just out here lollygagging. If you don't come up with a way to get money on the road, you're going to be broke and you're going to be, you're going to be in danger. You're going to be unhealthy. You're going to be stuck in a foreign country with no money and no help. And you just have to know that if you're going to take a route like that and you want to be a ski bum in the French Alps, like you need to stack up your money in the summer. There's no going out. There's no going to the bar. There's no buying anything that you don't need off Amazon every two days. You're saving up money so that you can live that dream the way that you should and make people who see you doing it want to do it as well and not see you just struggling and stressing. So dude, I'm stoked to be able to bring that awareness into some people's life. <clears throat> then we got Max Sanders, me and my buddy's favorite clip to look back on was both of our first season snowboarding more than three days. We worked as snowboard instructors heading back to Veckenridge, that Vale Breckenridge, Veckenridge for year two. Thank you for being an inspiration for us young guys trying to make our lives awesome. Looking to progress my riding this season. Love this shit more than anything. Your podcasts have really saved me from so many meltdowns when it's 5.30 a.m. and I got to go to work in the shipyard or p.m., either one of those. Um, being able to live, being able to listen to you, Jamal, and other rippers just talk about snowboarding helps me so much. It's so hard having no homies to talk like that with. Going back to Breckenridge is going to change my life. Cannot freaking wait. Hearing you say those homies you want are already at the mountain is the truest thing ever. Secured employee housing again somehow. You guys are free to pull through the Breck employee housing this season and chill with all the homies you end up if you end up there at all. And dude, that leads into what I was saying about how if you're there, the universe is going to give you that job opportunity before the person who's applying for the same job that hasn't made the step there. Whether it's the people that are reading your application that see like, yo, this dude doesn't even have a job and he drove here from Virginia and he's living in Colorado in the parking lot right now. Like that's what people want to see rather than someone sitting in their warm apartment in Connecticut emailing about how they would love this so they want to do that. But like, let me know when I'm all dialed in so that I can go there and be set up. Like it would be nice for that. But sometimes, dude, if you want to get something done, you got to commit to set yourself and your life up around how you want to live before that life is even there established. And uh, I want to watch that video with you guys real quick that he sent me. Yep. 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 Let's go. A little Keystone freaking nighttime riding maybe. It's just nuking. <laughs> just cruising by dude oh we're gonna I, you can hear it you can feel it that's 
Yo. Yo. Okay. Okay. That's my boy, yo. We got to do some reacting to subscribers videos on the You Love to Hear It channel. What do you guys think? Send some videos to the Instagram at You Love to Hear It podcast. I'm right behind you. Do not fall. I love the communication. A lot of people don't know this is actually the year of communication. With the bottom turn at the bottom there, that was sick, boys. Love to see that. Um, yeah, send some uh, send some stoke to the You Love to Hear It podcast. And if you guys want, we'll start doing some some react reacting to subscribers videos over here on on this page. It'd be sick. And um, Cody Heifer, we got two more on the Stoke the Stoke uh, pamphlet here that I got going folder. And he's claiming, how do you get friends on the mountain if you only go a few times a year? I'm from the East Coast, and I try my best to get into snowboarding. So I always try to push the Discord because I'm trying to create a place where this issue can be solved. I'll leave it in the description. It's in all the description of all the videos that we've ever made. But basically, we just have like East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, and we have these chats within the Discord where people can post what mountain they're riding if they need friends. And dude, surprisingly, there are a lot of people who don't have homies to ride with. So just go in there and post some stuff. And the more that you guys are in there every day, communicating and interacting with each other and sharing that, the bigger that that thing will get. And uh, other than that, it's, it's the main thing that I said before social media was huge, when I didn't have any friends that wanted to snowboard, or I had a lot of friends that wanted to snowboard, but I couldn't get them to go as consistently as I wanted to. I was literally driving up from Connecticut to Vermont minimum five times a week, sleeping in my car, sleeping at random people's houses. And I would always meet people on the hill. If you're open and you're communicable and you're stoked. And if you see now through like my vlog, someone with a C-dub sticker or a, a specific board, if you see someone on my board, like there's that mutual connection that you guys now have where you're like, yo, this guy Frost, this guy's trying to, trying to be healthy and stoked and, and whatever. And the people that you want in your life, that you want to be surrounded with, they're at the places that you're not going because you're scared to go by yourself. When you man up and you just go there, you'll meet those people and it will change your life. That's how I met Jamal. That's how I met everybody that I hang out with. That's how I met Crowbar. That's how I met Brent. That's how I met literally everybody that I hang out with that isn't from my hometown. I met at a mountain somewhere on the hill at a party afterwards, like these places have huge ecosystems within them. And if you become like a local of that mountain or of that area, even if it's seasonal local, I don't want to get on the local topic, but you will just meet so many like-minded people, dude. It's unbelievable. So go, that's my advice to you, dude, go to the mountain and meet people. They're there. And then we got the last one here from this kind of nice folder, Matt, Fitz design Casey would be awesome to hear you riff on mental health and a nomadic life. I am also a super positive person. I just got a remote job and want to travel for board sports. But the biggest thing I'm worried about is feeling lonely, much love dog. So I kind of covered this where if, if the mental health aspect starts slipping in, you start to feel uneasy or whatnot, then that's probably because you're not living the life that you know you should. So take a look at your health, take a look at your diet, take a look at how much work you're putting in, in the gym. Like, are those the things that are making you feel like you're not doing what you know you should be doing? 
And if it's just the mental health thing of feeling lonely, I know what you mean for sure because I live in my car 90% of the year. I sleep in random parking lots next to truckers nonstop. And if you haven't done it, you need to because for the first couple of days, even recently when I was just down in Mexico, Scotty B was watching me with my family and he was watching me with my brother and, and, and my surfing and my mom and everybody. And I didn't, I wasn't filming the vlog and just his eyes like looking into me when he was telling me like, I saw you surfing the other day without a camera and like even just standing there with him and, and chatting for an hour, he was just like, he was really letting me know how he knew how precious that moment, those moments were, that time was with me because I'm so busy. And for me to be able to just like ignore everything, put the vlog on the back burner, not have a surf filmer, like my whole entire life for like 10 years before the vlog was just me in Switzerland on a train traveling by myself, notebooks, freaking creative visualization. Like that's where I learned and, and I honed in everything that you guys are stoked on. All the information that I give you guys, I learned on my own on trains in Amsterdam, backpacking through the city in the Yucatan by myself, like no video camera, no nothing. And I was leading this into the Mexico thing because when I was down there and Scotty was explaining that to me the first like two or three days when I was there, I was like, dude, this is gnarly. And then my, my mom and my brother left. So then it was really just me. And I was like, this is really weird. Like I know that feeling that you're talking about, but day three and a half, day four, oh, no one's around. You start to realize like, yo, I don't need to just like talk about what I did. I don't need to like constantly be telling somebody about my session. I don't need to be like, just like reading something and then immediately regurgitating it. Like, shut up for a minute, buddy. Just, just exist. Like you get to eat when you're hungry. So you start to learn more about your intuition and your gut feelings and what you want to do. You get to surf when you want to surf. You get to watch what you want to watch. You get to wake up and go to bed. Just the peace and the serenity and the thoughts and the no thoughts. And you'll just be so shocked at the things that you start to do with all this downtime because we don't realize when we're in a house with three or four homies or we're just constantly surrounded by our friends, there's just so much time and we're just bullshitting, hanging out. And it's just so unproductive, but it's like, it's comforting because you have some stimuli or like somebody there that like feels good when you're on your own, you got to find that love within you. And if you're traveling around, you're just so high all the time. Everything's so new. So you're not like looking for vices or like trying to get a different type of high through a substance when you're at home all the time. You're just looking around at the mountains and the trees and the new area and you're meeting new people constantly. It just feels like so light and refreshing. So there is nothing that I recommend more before people start creating content or doing social or anything like that where they want to give back or give advice to people or help people out, which is just dial yourself in. I forget what Andy Frisella calls it, like like ultimate human like, like level up or, or excellence, like really dialing yourself in on every level of being sophisticated and traveled and cultured and all that is like, it's, it's going to pay off in the long run and you're going to have stories and you're going to have stoke to share with people and more insight than you ever would. So those are all, uh, those are all the, whew, those are all the good, good video comments. I want to, uh, I want to do a quick mid breakdown of just some support because we have the Patreon, which is uh, the same Patreon I've always had. It's just 
patreon.com slash Casey Willax. And since the last pod, we got three new supporters, actually two new supporters. We got Eric Ott and Erica Copeman. So I want to say huge love and huge shout out to anybody supporting on Patreon. We're going to start taking requests on there. I'm going to post before we have a pod. You guys, at any point in time, you can message me or you can just comment on any of the posts with questions that you have. I haven't done any for this exact video, but we want to incorporate you guys a lot more for supporting. There's there's merch that can't be found anywhere or will never be like printed anywhere else that if you're a supporter for a month or a couple months, you get like custom stickers, custom merch designs, hoodies, all these type of things, mugs. So I appreciate everybody on on Patreon supporting. And then one homie, Patrick Core, sent me 50 beans through Venmo, dude. And he writes, staying true, keeping your morals, not being a servant to greed, keep on keeping on. So I just want to share some love to the people who have been supporting, keeping this thing going, keeping it's, it's not easy, dude. This is a, it's a venture that I'm, I'm so hyped on and thanks to Scrizzy. Hopefully we can, we can structure it out to get some support from sponsors. But for now, this is just a pod by the people for the people. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, Bill. All right. Yeah, guy. All right. We got Jamal here. We're about to take, we're about to take, should I, should you just hit me with your question or should I listen to the video you sent me? Yeah. I don't even need to watch it. Okay. Well, I'm going to play, I'm going to play that one for them so that they can hear it because I don't have you recorded, but, uh, yeah, here, here, here we go. All right. Here's the ask seat of anything question for this week. Uh, as you can see, I got my Sixers gear on. NBA season is starting, but we think we already did the NBA. So we're going to switch it up because this also starting right about now is hockey season. The boys are out there absolutely oh, no. buzzing, getting on the ice, getting after people. it. My flyers, we'll see how they do this year, but I love my flyers. Anyway, the question for you, C-Dub, is can you name five NHL Hall of Famers? Anybody who's been in the NHL that you think is good enough to make the Hall of Fame. Let's hear it. Damn it. All right. All right. First of all, no respect. No no disrespect. You know what I mean? I, I love hockey. I actually had a hockey. I had a pond in my backyard. I grew up playing hockey. Never watched it, though. We, obviously, I know Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. We, you know, it's funny. If, if people watch the vlog, I think we were in... New Mexico, maybe Taos, New Mexico last year. And Petter hit me with this. And we had me, Verde, Petter, Bailey, all of us trying to work on just a second one and couldn't get it. It's 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 in the vlog. Um, but I, but I don't think I actually I don't think we actually went through it, but let's uh let's let the brain just jiggle around for a minute and see what see what resonates. Sorry. I should get like a call. 
You know what I mean? Like one call. Yeah, yeah, even Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like you move a certain way and you like, you know what I mean? You like tune into some. One of them that's still playing right now is a Russian guy. Say it again. One of them still playing right now is a Russian guy who plays in Washington, D.C. He's been playing for a long time. Another one of them is a Canadian guy who plays in Pittsburgh. He's been playing a long time. And this is actually way harder for you than I... I was thinking it would be difficult, but I was like... I was like, this is actually a really tough one for you, I assume. Boston Bruins. Super famous, like, NBA and NFL players. Boston Bruins. That is a team. We're taking this down a notch. We're switching it up to teams. Can you just name five teams? I would be actually very impressed by that. Red Hawks. Close, but no. You, you Redskins. Football team? Seahawks. Also a football team. <laughs> uh, wait, the Whalers. Used to be a team, so I'll take that. The okay. Hartford Whalers, baby. Yep, okay. That's two. Uh, there's, one in, there's one in Philadelphia. The Ducks. Okay, that's out in Anaheim, yes. Is We're it? at three. Oregon. The Oregon Ducks are a, like a college team. That's why I was saying Ducks. What's the O? The O's. The O's in Oregon. Hockey? The big O. Yeah, the big O. That's Oregon. It's University of Oregon. <laughs> that's a college? This whole yeah. time I thought it was a hockey team. Um, <laughs> what do we got? Three? We're at three. There's one in New York. There's a couple in New York. The Buccaneers. Football team. <laughs> Dude, I'm nice with the football teams. Uh the There's Mighty Ducks. Canada. The Mighty Ducks. Yeah. That's what I was giving you for three, because you said ducks. Oh. All right. The clock's going down. We got 30 seconds left on the clock. Yep, there's one in Colorado. The Colorado Corbettes. The Colorado, it's something that happens when you're out in the backcountry. The Avalanches? Yes. Ew, really? Knew that. All right, one more. 15 one seconds. More. Give me you a state. One that was Hawks, but you didn't get the first word right. Oh, the Tailhawks. <laughs> keep going. Just keep guessing words. The freaking Minehawks. The Crailhawks. The, 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 the Big Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the, uh, the Billy Hawks. Nope. All right. And the Blue Hawks? The Black Hawks. The Blackhawks. All right. They just drafted the best, the best, uh, like rookie guy. The possibly, if they're saying this guy's gonna be the next Gretzky, the guy they just drafted. Did I get Gretzky? You did get Gretzky. Yeah, nice. That's a great one. <laughs> yep. I really, I think you would actually love hockey if you gave it, if you understood the rules and gave it one game because it's, it's no frills. It's it's action the whole time. Yep.
All right. There we have it. Ask C-Dub anything, which will be presented by Candy Grind here in the future again. But we're keeping this one for the Stoke right now, dude. Jamal bodied me on that one. That was a that was a bad one. But you know what? We live to, <laughs> live to see another day. All right, here we go. We're, we're jumping into basically the topic that I wanted to cover on this entire podcast, which, as I was saying in the beginning, I posted an old video that explained, it was just me in a car talking about how you can get a free season pass. That was the whole point of the post. And it made me realize through all the comments how gnarly of a housing issue there is within the snowboarding, skiing, mountain world community. And I want to address some of that because I'm sure things have changed a lot in the past 10, 15 years, but I've done it. I do it. All my friends, like I said, have done it. They do it. We do it. We've done it. We'll do it. We're going to keep doing it. And it went pretty big across my following. And then I realized once it started going viral after like my initial following phase, how Instagram does it, all of the people who kept jumping in that were watching it, like in the for you page were all negative and they all were just like hating on it. And whether they were talking about the, the pay or the conditions or whatnot, I got to break it all down because it's not for everybody and you got to be humbled. And I'm going to just take a couple of these piece by piece because there was a lot of, uh, a lot of stoke. You could go to that post and just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I'll actually read a few right now. This isn't even planned out. I'll just go to the post, click it, 500 comments, start scrolling through them. And it's just, I did this in 05, never looked back. We're still eating ramen. It's delicious day after day when you're doing what you love. Just like scroll, scroll. I quit my comfy office job, took a job as a ski patrol at Diamond Peak. It's been the best decision of my entire life. Um, moving to a mountain to work was the best thing I did after high school. Some even have employee housing. Uh, dude, there's just so many good ones, bro. Like, I'll just scroll again. It's just like, I really think people should go through and look at some of these. Did this last year, still here. My last season, I only got 10 days, but now I'm at the resort. I've gotten 130 plus days. Evening overnight jobs are the most ideal. Um, my first job on the mountain when I was 16, best decision ever. The mountains kept calling me. I met all my best friends when I did this. I worked at Snowshoe a few years ago. Such a great time. I made some good friends. Now I'm a shredder. I worked four different mountain jobs at four different mountains. Go do it. It'll help you if you're more extroverted. You'll make friends. I did it. Everyone should do it. I got that remote job. The Stoke's still alive. I work night shifts, tuning for Palisades, getting my 10,000 hours in. Great advice. Uh, the pay isn't rich, but the life couldn't be richer. I moved to Vermont, got a job in a past that was 12 years ago. It'll never be as happy as I am here. I only wish I'd done it sooner. These mountains fix things you didn't know were broken. So I could go on forever with how incredible the stories are. People that have shared their time in the mountains and the friends and just the life expect experience and everything, maybe not the life expectancy, but here we go. We're going to jump into some of the more, I don't want to say negative, but just some of the more like the ones that are based on fear, because I, I would only assume that these people are throwing out anything that they're internal or anything that the people around them are telling them to hold them back. And I really want to focus in on the fact that if you decide to do this, if you're trying 
to move to a resort, to work for the mountain. Basically, here, here's how it works. Most mountains, you apply online. You can apply for ski instructor, lift ops, janitorial, housekeeping, restaurant staff, millions of, of, of jobs are available, you know, hundreds at each resort. If you work full time, you usually get in exchange, a season pass, some jobs like lift ops, you will be there at 6am until 5pm. You will not be riding that much, but you're putting the work in and the time in and certain mountains, they're really, really, really like adamant about giving you breaks to ride. And that first year that you're there at specifically lift ops, you might be putting yourself in a position to manage it to where then the next year you're not actually running the lifts, but you're managing it and you get to ride double the amount of hours. But if you're just trying to be there and your main focus and goal isn't riding as much as possible, you just want to be around the environment and get a pass. That's a good option. There's other options like custodial where you can ride all day from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. They close, you go in at five, you work from five until about midnight. That's right around eight hours. And you get to sleep your seven, eight hours the next day and you get to ride all day. That's what Tom Malik did. That's what Luke did. TCAP was, he worked tubing. I did uh, ski instructing, snowboard instructing. Then I did the snowboard coaching for the development team. There's also another route though that I didn't explain because the video wasn't long enough. And that is not getting a pass through the mountain, but getting a pass through some of the the jobs or the businesses around the mountain. So you got to do your research. And that's why I always say, go there, go there three months ahead of time. You will see housing and you will see, uh, like places, apartments for rent that might not be online. That's one of those things where you're putting yourself in the position. So the universe is seeing that you're putting that work in, maybe add some thoughtful meditation to it, which is going to make you work harder, which is going to make you find more places. And you're going to see people at this grocery store, at the restaurants. If you're actually there, your odds of finding someone who needs either, or, or maybe has a friend that needs someone to fill a spot is just, it's 100 fold. So you don't actually have to work for the mountain. You can work for places around the mountain, but you can also do part-time. And I know that there's some places like at Mount Hood that if you work a day, you get a pass for that day. So maybe you work all day, Monday through Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you get to shred. You work three days, you shred three days. But before I jump into these comments, I got to say that this is the dream. And a lot of people forget that with the dream, you have to make sacrifices. So whether that sacrifice is not saving up $80,000 from some big marketing corporate job over the entire year where you hate what you're doing, but you're stacking bread, you're shredding every single day on the hill with your best friends, creating the memories that you're going to look back at when you're 80 and not have regret. And if what you're trying to do in life is shred and have fun and snowboard and stoke, and that's the reason that you're working and trying to save all this money, you can kind of just cut that whole part out, save up with a regular job. Like we were saying, any of those 90% of jobs that you can do in the summer to save the money, you can just buy yourself a pass, move up there, pay for your rent for the winter and just snowboard the entire time. And that's the route that I took after moving there for basically two, three seasons and doing, I've done dishwashing. I've done part crew. I've done the, the coaching I've done it all. And then I started realizing I can make more money. I can make basically a thousand dollars for a season pass working landscaping in the summer, cutting grass in like two weeks. 
then I can save up five grand over the next three months doing the same exact thing and coming together with four or five of my friends, getting a house with either one, two, three, four, or five bedrooms. This is where the humbling part come in. You start jamming, stuffing homies, cuerpos, that's bodies in Spanish, into tight little areas. And when we were that age, when you're 21, when you're 22, 19, 18, even 25, hell, 30, dude, sleep on the ground. A lot of people are talking about how it's super expensive and they can't afford it. That's because you're trying to get your own bedroom. That's because you want your own hot shower. Maybe get a two bedroom with five of the boys. Don't tell your landlord. Obviously, like these are the type of things that are known in the snowboarding world. You're just jamming bodies into an area to make things happen. And you're taking sacrifices so that you can shred every single day. So I answered a lot of what I had going on here in these next coming uh, comments, but I'm going to actually hone in on some specifically. So here we go. Oh boy. What about the cost of healthcare when you catch a lip and bail over a cliff? First of all, most companies don't even offer healthcare. So what happens when you fall off a ladder at work painting for your boss for $18 an hour for a company that you don't own who isn't giving you healthcare and you get wrecked and now you can't snowboard. Now you don't have healthcare. And you know what I mean? It's, it, it can happen anywhere. You can jump out of the back of a pickup truck doing concrete work and roll your ankle. I would rather do it living my dream. So my question for you is what is the cost of being 80 on your deathbed and looking back at your life and having regrets? That's a tough one. Here we go. I wish. I've been trying to do that for the past four years. I'm in the best shape speaking four languages, but foreign and without paperwork, ski mountains won't take you. That is just the reality of any real thing that you're doing, any real job, any real corporation, especially these days, Vail, Icon, Epic, all these places, they're, they're getting so massive that it's just, you, you're not working under the table for them there. But on the West Coast, they have something called J1s. And I think that might be the visa on the East Coast. They're literally just called internationals. But I have personally met tens of thousands of internationals that are from either Peru or Argentina or Venezuela or anywhere, South America, other places too, Europe. And they have programs. I personally, I've never done it because I'm not international, but they have like scouts that go down to these countries in the summers and they recruit people who are basically, it's just such a good trade-off. If you're going to college in a foreign country like South America, and maybe you want to learn English for the degree that you're doing because you want to get into some type of, forget the word, uh, the hospitality industry, and you need experience. So they trade the experience. You pay whatever it is for basically a season in America where you practice. They're not getting paid crazy amounts of money, but a lot of these people aren't trying to like progress to a professional snowboarding level. They want experience. They want to shred. They want to hang out. They want to have fun. And that's something that I, a quick Google search of as an international, how to get a visa and apply for a program like that. They set up all the housing. They set up all that stuff. So if you're already an international and you're in the country and you don't have like papers and stuff, then that's, that's pretty much, unless you're trying to do construction, there's no way that you're going to get a real job like that. But as a foreigner, there are so many foreigners that do it. 
the housing is all included in it. I'm not saying that the housing's legendary. A lot of people are, are claiming you're stuffed in a room with five J1s that you don't even know and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, bro, you're snowboarding every single day while people are at work not living their dreams. You have to make some sacrifices for this. So then we got another one. Don't most of the, Don't most of them end up working so much they can't even use their pass. I broke that down of your multiple options of whether you buy your own pass, whether you get a pass through an area that's not ma mainly associated with the mountain, or you work a job like custodial, or you work a job like the park crew where you're actually on hill and you work for like four hours and then you get to shred, you get to test the features, or you do a job like um, an instructor where you get to be on hill again, you get to actually shred. I believe that if you're really trying to get good at snowboarding, the best route is obviously buy the pass, buy the apartment, have your everything dialed in and just shred every day. But if you need some money and you need a pass and you can't afford it because it's too late, getting a job like park crew or something that allows you to be on the hill strapped in, even if you're not practicing your riding, there's something about being strapped into your board every single day with your gear on pumping from feature to feature and just being on your board that makes it feel like second nature. And I feel like that's what helped me get really good at snowboarding really fast. Is it possible for someone from the UK to come over and work? Yes, we've already addressed that. How do you shred when you work? We've addressed that. Cheap housing might be a stretch. Yes, but also it's all related to your budget. If you saved up, I mean, everything right now is, is the most expensive it's ever been, but pay is also the highest it's ever been. And except you work all day when the mountain's open. If you can ever even get an interview, I've been applying for resorts in Colorado for two years now, and I've gotten zero responses. Sometimes it's it might be the way that you're presenting it. It might be the fact that you're not there because there's other homies who are in Colorado who said that they're getting jobs like it's nothing. So I think just being adamant, applying to many different places and being open to going somewhere else, go to Washington. You know, if just because you're in Colorado doesn't mean you need to live and work in Colorado. If, if opportunity is presenting itself and you get a job somewhere in Washington, listen to the universe when it gives you these, these little gems that you got to jump on. Um, avoid copper. Great to, great to ride terrible to work, highest turnover rate out of any place. Downside, you got to work for Vail. Um, is this 25 years ago? Working at a resort was great, but there's no housing or benefits. Nope. You'll have to work so much. You won't have any time to shred. Vail is a sweatshop. So a lot of that is just based off of what position you have and what housing is available in that area. I really want to push the discord to try to get more people in there for that housing section within Midwest, within Colorado, within all those, we should be able to be helping each other out. I just got an apartment. We have a foyer. Here's a photo of it. Anybody want to throw in 350 for, you know, each month to, to dial in their dream over here. We're trying to cut back on our rent, but yeah, I mean, you're working for fail. Sometimes you got to get over stuff too. A lot of these people will talk bad on Vail, but they're building a massive empire for all of us to work. So yeah, there's a lot of things that they're doing that are bad. The prices are just gut-wrenching. They're destroying the parks, all this stuff, but it's their mountain. They bought it. They're putting the work in to employ these people. They're giving the jobs out. So you literally just got to be grateful that we can still shred and exist and that they're giving out passes and they are paying. And some of them do offer housing, whether they're cheap or not. Oh said nobody 
25 years ago. Um, next one. Come on. We got to have a good one. How much did Vale pay you to say that? Vale actually does not communicate with anybody. <laughs> so to even talk to Vale, let alone have them pay and support somebody would be insane, especially a snowboarder. Uh, dude, these are so good. How do people work on the mountain and still afford to live? I looked up the jobs and they only pay like 20 an hour in California. Only pay 20 an hour is a crazy sentence when you're talking about snowboarding every single day. And everywhere to live close by is like 3,200 a month. I would love to work at ski patrol, but I don't know how to survive and still do it. So 3,200 a month has to be for either a, a single house that you're trying to, to live in by yourself. I'm not sure where you're looking at 3,200 a month, but 3,200 a month, it could be a one bedroom. And if I was 18, I'm getting nine of the boys and we're splitting that thing up 400 bucks each, like 500 bucks each, whatever it is a month, you can make it work. The not being stoked on $20 an hour and living in California thing just kind of comes back to being humble and realizing that you are you're, you're living the dream. I can't explain this enough. A lot of people think that you're just going to live the dream and then you're going to get all of the perks and the benefits of avoiding the dream and like working for someone else or, or laboring to build something else that like this all takes sacrifice. And if 20 bucks an hour is not good enough for you and you're trying to get a single bedroom by yourself, you don't want to live with other people, then I'm sorry to say, but it just, it might not be the life for you buy a van. If I mean, three grand a month in one winter, you could buy a $15,000 van with heat and everything. So I'm not sure where that is, but there's no way that 3,200 is the cheapest that you can find for rent. And then Drew's claiming, honestly, it's to the point where getting a job at the mountain is harder than getting a pass. So many budget cuts. You never know how long your season will be. They're looking for flexible schedules and people who don't care if their hours are cut. The more flexible you are, the more likely they'll want to hire you. And as long as you end on good terms, you get to keep shredding once your work season is over, which is true. So that's actually, I don't know if he was trying to talk about that in a bad thing, but if you're super flexible and they're like changing people out, then you might even, as long as you don't leave on bad terms, you get to actually keep your pass. I'm not sure if that, if that was, it might've just been a positive thing. Um, this is good, probably my favorite one out of all of these. I lived in Mammoth when I was... 23 and 24. Anyone think 30 is too old to move back to a resort town? First of all, who cares what anybody thinks? And second of all, I'm 33 living in a freaking snow town. I'm going to be doing it when I'm 80. I'm going to be doing it when I'm 50, dude. The fact that you're even thinking about what other people think when it comes down to you dreaming and stoking and living your life just means you just need a little bit of just a shift in, in your, your perception of like, who cares? Like even anybody that does care, it's, it doesn't affect you at all, dude. So get out there, go right now, dude. I, we saw people, I think the homie that, that lived in that van that was claiming last year, uh, or two years ago that he was, he's like 45 years old and he made it all happen. By the time you're 30, you should have a little bit of bread too. It should be way easier. You could just buy a pass and stoke out. Then we got, I love working in the ski snowboard industry. Don't get me wrong, but it's incredibly misleading to say that ski resorts offer cheap housing. That's just me 
being me and figuring out a way to do it cheap. I've always figured out a way to do everything cheap, but I'm also someone who literally won't turn the heat on. I will go and buy three down comforters and a sleeping bag and sleep in that. If it means I'm going to save $180 on heat every month, I will sleep in my car. I will throw my blankets in my friend's dryer who rented a place. I'll chip him a hundred bucks a month to take off on his. I'll cook him some food that goes back to sharing and giving back to people who are helping you out and building that community, exchanging things. And yeah, it ends up being cheap for me because I sleep in foyers. How many more we got? We got maybe seven, seven, eight more of these things. I did this, says Keenan. I worked in the kitchen, working three twelves and lived across the highway from the ski resort. I didn't pay anything because the rooms were already rented out and I slept on the couch. I recommend doing it. It'll change your life. You'll really find out what you're capable of when you're out on the mountain. And for all of you that are not a youngster, do it anyways. Get a serving job at the lodge or bartending, anything. Dude, I got friends that are making five, eight, nine thousand dollars a night doing bartending. They would definitely be up till 3 a.m. and they definitely would be sleeping until 10 and they will miss pow days and stuff. But if that's what you're into, if you're trying to get bread and that's what like your combo is like shred and bread, shred and bread, throw it on a tee. Um, then yeah, dude, that's that's the best thing you can do. So this is the homie who said all to sleep in a dorm with J1s. Go start a career. Once you're making money, a ski pass isn't that much. Spot on, but also that's a type of lifestyle. Some people don't want to go start a career and then buy a pass because then you're only doing that career to get the pass when you could have just gotten the pass. And if you're down to sleep in a dorm with a couple J1s who are just, I'm also claiming mid, you love to hear it podcast breakdown. The internationals that come here are some of the best people in the world, dude. And there's like that, that, uh, I don't I'm not really good at vocab, but there's that like little nuance that people like to think sometimes of like, if someone comes to your country and can't speak their language as perfectly as you. And I always mean Jamal, we're talking about it. It's like these people have a set. They're working on number two. They've already prestiged through language. Like our, I could barely speak English. These people have their entire language of Spanish so dialed in that they're working on a second one and we're communicating with them in it. Like how good's your Spanish? How good are you to go to a foreign country and immerse yourself in, in a different culture and be able to like exist? I got to give all the love and stoke and just credit to the internationals who come here. You guys are so on point and they're great people. I would love to dorm in a room with four J ones. Um, got work here in Vermont for anybody looking Bromley resort, hit me up. It's like, it's unbelievable, dude. We, we got to get the discord going. Um, this kid's claiming not in Cali. This kid's claiming housing is extremely limited in most places and not all mountains offer housing. This is true. This is going to be tough. You're going to have a, a couple uh, hurdles that you're going to have to step over. This isn't going to be silver plated. You're shredding every single day. We need to remember this. Um, unless you want a legit career with resorts, then it's very underpaid and overworked. And yeah. Welcome to the dream. Welcome to every single day of my life. Overworked, overpaid, and I love what I do and I would have it no other way. Winter Park Lift Ops. Housing isn't as harsh as in Summit and the crowd isn't as kooky. The whole resort hangs their hat on the lifties and they're stoked for safely spinning everyone to the top. This genuine enthusiasm comes from a great culture with ride breaks at its core. Just don't be a fuck up and you'll have a new home resort away from home. Let's go. Homie saying they hold that season pass and employee housing over your head hard. Yeah, that's your job. Get it done. 
do it well, do it a hundred percent, do it 110% and then they won't be staring over your shoulder so hard. What else we got? They're understaffed because only trustees can afford to work for them anymore. That is just limiting. That is a limiting thought. You do not know if somebody has a trust fund. It's just so easy. It's, it would be so nice to look at someone successful and making something happen. Even if that successful person is living in their car and shredding every day for, for basically free or slaving for a mountain when they're doing what you want to do and you're not doing it, things will start to come out of your mouth. Words like trustee or only works for them. And if you believe that that's just, it's limiting only you and that person, you know, nothing about them, dude, Jamal actually taught me a life lesson that his father taught him growing up, which was never involve yourself with somebody else's finances or business. Everybody has a different, everybody has a different like route that led them to where they are. And even if they are a trust fund, like what's that going to do for you when you discover that and, and dwell on it and get jealous. That's not going to make you work harder. It's not going to do anything for you. Ignore it. It's irrelevant. You have your scenario. You have the cards that you've been dealt with, and you got to be on point to make those better. So just saying that it's only for trustees, it's just, uh, it's just a limiting, limiting vocab. Drop. So I, I hope more than anything, this dialed you guys in with some motivation. Like the homies were saying, they saw my video. They said, just go do it. They did it. They made it happen. I really recommend going to that post, running through some of the comments, maybe reaching out to some of the people. There were a lot of people throwing out options for, for people in there. There was resorts that were reaching out saying that we're applying and just really having that awareness, like, yeah, it's going to be difficult. You're going to be making sacrifices. You might be dormed up with a bunch of people, but at the end of the day, you're living your dream. And that's, that's what life's about getting to our grave stoked on all the decisions that we made with no regrets and just trying to spread that love and stoke for shredding life with everybody. So I think it's a pretty proper way to shut down episode 18 here. Show some love to Jamal. We miss you, bro. He's going to be on the next one. Drop a thumbs up on this. If you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment. Subscribe if you're not already. Remember, we have the Patreon. If you guys are trying to support, we have merch on CaseyWillax.com. Shout out to Petter. Go show him some love. If you guys want to see some epic video, he's the homie who made so much of the podcast come true, but the epic intro in the vlog that everybody's been so hyped on. He helped with so much stuff last year. He's going to be doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes this year. And yeah, we're just super grateful and we absolutely love to hear it. Thank you guys for the support. Drop a review. If you're listening to this on any of the, the publications that it goes live on, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Yeah, absolutely love to hear it. You. Nice. Nice.